0: Amen. Amen. How many of you guys are glad to be at church today? Yeah, it's a good weekend to be at church. You know what? This is a funny weekend because it can be the one that's kind of caught in between. You have Christmas, so Christmas is kind of I I went through my neighborhood like at nine o'clock of the day after Christmas to take our dog for a little walk, and there was already a Christmas tree out on the curb. I mean, so some people are like, okay, it's done, over, boom. So we're, Christmas is kind of done over boom, and then New Year's hasn't quite happened yet, and so this is kind of that weird in-between weekend. And so uh, I was praying about the weekend and what I should teach, and I felt like God just said, hey, do a one-off one message um, on looking back, on reflecting, on remembering what God has done for you. And so uh, I think it's a really good word, and so here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. Um, And as I pray, I'm going to ask that you would just go before the Lord and ask him to speak to your heart, um, because um, here's the truth. This is not a throwaway weekend. Oh, that's a good place for an amen right there. Let Let me try that again. This is not a throwaway weekend. God has something for you. And so if you open your heart and open your mind and your spirit to what he has for you, he will He will come in and he'll speak uh, what he has for you. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for um, just this incredible year. We thank you for uh, just a wonderful Christmas. And God, I pray that you would um, truly speak to us today. God, we recognize this is not a throwaway weekend. I know it's a funky weekend and the fact that it's right in between Christmas and New Year's, but it is a day that you have set for every single one of us in this room right now. And so I pray that we would um, turn our attention to what you have for us. We would um, just... Put behind us what happened at Christmas, all the festivities, all the activities, uh, and we will not reflect on the things coming up uh, for New Year's and what's happening in 2019, but Lord, we will be very present to what you have for us right here and right now. So speak through me, and as I communicate, I pray your message would go into the hearts and the spirits of the people listening, and we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Before I jump in, I want to say thank you to everybody who helped us for Christmas Eve. Uh, we had an incredible Christmas Eve uh, set of services. Um, they were just, I, they were very special to me. Obviously, the first Christmas Eve for Shine Church. Um, and I just got a ton of feedback that people really just seemed to enjoy that. And it took a lot of effort. We had the worship team practicing extra hours, we had all the volunteers that helped, we had staff that. Um, we're at all three services and helped out in those areas, and I just want to say thank you to everybody involved. Um, the photo booth that was in the back, we had, you know, Peter helped put that together and then volunteers to man that, and the pictures. You know was funny? Going on Facebook and seeing all the pictures of that photo booth from this group of people was just amazing, and so I just wanted to say thank you because I realized on Christmas Eve I didn't thank anybody, so I wanted to thank everybody right now, so thank you. It was awesome. It was a great service. It was wonderful. Did everybody have a good Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Anybody have a bad Christmas? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> nobody. Nobody shouts out for that, even if they did. But, um, hey. So here's here's what I felt like the Lord wanted me to communicate. Hey, um, you know there is great power when we reflect back on what He has done for us. And now I don't think we we're supposed to spend much time looking back. I don't think we should, um, um, hang out there and um, have it be a a thing that would hinder our development and our moving forward. But I think there is a place where we need to actually look back and remember what God has done for us and the different ways that he's touched our lives. And so um, I was just thinking and reflecting as I was preparing this, what an incredible year this has been for me. Last year at this time, I would have never guessed that I'd be standing up here giving this message to you. For those of that might not know, uh, I was the executive pastor of a church called Jubilee Fellowship Church. We were getting ready to actually take one of our campuses and launch it into becoming their own church. That was our Highland Trans campus to uh, Discover Community Church. And that was my focus. And that was where I was putting all my time and effort because beginning of January, they were gonna start and go out on their own. And we wanted to have that be a successful launch. And uh, I had no aspirations. I had no indications. And I had no idea that a year later, I would be standing in front of a church that God had um, just orchestrated and put and given to Kim and I and to us as Shine Church. And so um, it's just been an amazing year. Now, in the middle of that, it's been a scary year. It's been um, a year full of ups and downs. I, the roller coaster ride I was on from March till June was amazing. I mean, just... Oh my gosh, we're doing this. Oh my gosh, we're doing this. I just, <laughs> up and down and up and down. But you know what's amazing as I look back is God's faithfulness, the dream that he gave me that really confirmed that I was supposed to do this. Um, man, it just, looking back on those, man, it just has encouraged my heart and encouraged my spirit. And uh, it really was the catalyst to uh, bring this message to you, which is this. Hey, we need to look back and we need to remember what God has done for us. As a matter of fact, God says in his word many, many times to look back and remember what God has done for us. And so just real quick, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but just real quick, thinking back, give me a few things that God has done for you this year. Anything come to mind that you can think of right now that God has done and you're like back and you're so grateful or so thankful that God has done uh, for you this year? Anybody? What? A promotion at work? That's, when did that happen? In June. You enjoying that? <laughs> it was awesome then, and now I'm not so sure. But hey, you know what? Remember back how awesome it was, and that might bring some joy back into it, right? Okay, something else. Yes. That's right. When, did, when were you diagnosed with that, Craig? It was January of last year and now you are totally in remission, right? That's awesome, that is amazing. That's a bit of a year for you, absolutely. Something else, yeah. Reconciliation with your family. Man, what an incredible thing to be thankful and grateful to what God has done. What an amazing thing, love that. What else? I'm sorry, say that again? The suffering suffering of your wife. Okay, sorry, I wasn't getting it. Was it suffering from your wife? I love that, love that, taking that suffering away, giving some healing there, love it. What else? Yeah. More faith and hope in just going like deeper with God and him. In a situation, more. Oh, man, I love that. Love that. New grandbaby? Oh, the new grandbaby. <laughs> How could you forget that one? No, I just, <laughs> what else? Yeah. 19 years of marriage. That's all. Aw- give them a hand. That's awesome. It's amazing. How did you put up with him for so long? I don't know. (laughs) You look back and you're thankful and grateful for that, right? (laughs) Oh, man. Somebody else. Yeah. Shine Church. I was waiting for that one. That was a good thing. That should be a good thing for everybody's life in here. At least I hope. One more. Oh, two more. I will do two more. Yeah. Total life, Total life transformation. That's awesome. I I would ask you what, but we could probably go all message on that. So I'm going to get with you and find out more about that. Leah, yes. Bringing Lisa into your life. Yes. Right? The Exchange student, correct? In in that sense. And, ha- and they're so, they talk about that all the time and what an honor and privilege it is to have you in their life. So that's amazing. You know, um, these things, By the way, you were much better than last night's service. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. You know, these are the things that we're supposed to be able to quick quickly answer, because when somebody says, "What good things has God done in your life?" Man, we're supposed to be able to give account. We talked a few weeks ago about being able to give account give a testimony to the good things that God is doing. And I realize that some of you maybe have had an incredibly difficult year, but do you know the Bible says that even in difficult years, those are the things that develop character, which develops then hope in our lives? And I know for some of you, you look at the end of this year and you're like, thank God it's over. And for others, you go, well, not much changed this year. And then for others, like Kim and myself, man, so much has changed this past year. Um, But here is the truth. When you look back, you can remember the good things that God has done even in the midst of terrible and difficult years. And so uh, I wanna read to you a section of scripture and I gotta set it up before I do this because I believe that it is really God's heart for us to take time to remember and reflect back on the things that he's done for us. And so uh, I'm gonna pick up in Deuteronomy chapter four, and I got to set the stage here. What's about to take place is um, the Israelites are about to go into the promised land. And because of an act of frustration, Moses is not going to be able to go in with them. And I don't have time to go into the whole details of all those. If you want to read through Exodus numbers and Deuteronomy, you can get the whole story in its context. But Moses uh, is now giving final instructions. And he's telling um, the Israelites just, he actually goes through, starting uh, right after this, he actually starts going through the entire law, all the things that God has for the Israelites to to walk in, in relationship with him. And so this is what he says in verse nine. Be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade in your heart as long as you live. I'm gonna read that one more time. Be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. And then he goes and says, teach them to your children and their children after them. Okay, so how come, help me out here, why is Moses encouraging the Israelites to take time to remember what has happened in their lives? Why do you think that is? Because what? Because they need to stay strong because they're going to face new challenges. I love that answer. What else? <laughs> the previous forty years was a disaster. The previous forty years was a disaster for them. Yes, but yet think about this. It also was. It should have been something they rejoiced because they were no longer in slavery. Right? I, I mean, they had been captive in slavery to the nation of Egypt. At once it was a good thing for the Israelites, but the Pharaoh and Joseph who put all that together, the Pharaoh died, Joseph died, and the new Pharaoh didn't know anything about the whole deal. And so he actually enslaved the Israelites and put them into incredible hardship. And so they should have looked back and gone, hey, we're no longer slaves. Well, that's a good thing, right? You think That's a good thing, right? And I think that um, one of the things he's saying is, hey, remember the good thing that I've pulled you, or the bad thing that I pulled you from, the good thing that I pulled pulled you from it. Why do you think he says, and teach them to your children and your children's children? So So it'll never be forgotten. Anything else comes to mind with that verse? To not repeat history. Man, just right here in these answers, think about the depth of looking back and remembering. And I believe that God... Totally knows this. He orchestrated this, and he commanded or he wanted the Israelites to actually do this. He instructs us, church, to look back. He instructs us to remember, to reflect, to take time to reflect. And what a great time of year right now! Just by the season of it, we're here coming up on the end of a year. It is a time where, on um, the TV, if you're looking at news channels, if you're watching ESPN, if you're uh, other, other channels that you might like. Even, I think, Home Garden TV does this. Um, they look back and they say, look at the top 10 stories or the most beautiful, the 25 most beautiful homes that were renovated or the top 100 sports stories of the year. This is a time by, uh, just by the very, very nature of it that we look back and we, we look at what happened in 2018. And I think it's a great time spiritually to do this, to actually take time to remember and to reflect back on what God has done. So, here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna tell the story a little bit. We're gonna quickly go through it of the Israelites. And um, Pastor John <clears throat> taught me a long time ago that when you're teaching, make sure that you teach from the positive angle of things. Because you can also always take uh, a positive angle or a negative angle to a message, and you can bring it from a negative context, or you can bring it from a positive context. And he he taught me, and man, I'm so glad he did. Always come at it from the positive context. So here's what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna come at it from the negative. (laughs) I tried to come from the positive. And I just didn't feel released to do that. And so here's what I'm going to do. What happens when we don't take time to remember? What happens when we don't take time to reflect back on what God has done for us? Now let me... I'm going to pick up the story in Exodus 14. If you want to follow along with your Bibles, um, Exodus 14, verse 10. Um, I also have it on the YouVersion app, Bible.com. You can go to the events, and you can follow along with the notes there. Um, But let me set the uh, stage here. Um, The Israelites were complaining about being in slavery. God speaks to Moses in a burning bush. Moses then goes, okay, I guess I'm supposed to go. Um, and, and, And God says to Moses, hey, they've cried out to me. The Israelites have cried out to me and I'm going to use you as a vessel to come and pull them out of Egypt, out of the slavery that they were in. So Moses goes and it's just not a simple thing for him to do. He actually goes and he has to do, um, the Bible records 10 different miraculous plagues that took place and each one of them were done to stir Pharaoh's heart to let the Israelites go and he would change his heart and then he would change his heart. He'd go, okay, yes, you can go, but without your animal. No, no, you can go, but you can take your And he would keep changing back and forth, back and forth. And so each time, the, the little miraculous plague would get worse and worse and worse Till finally, as most of you know the story, um, the last one was that um, the Spirit of God was gonna kill the firstborn of all that were alive unless you had the blood of the lamb put above your doorpost. So the Israelites do that. The Spirit comes in and... Um, all of the firstborn of Egypt dies, and there's much wailing you can imagine, just the anguish that, that took place. And Pharaoh finally said, Okay, go. So Moses gathers all of the people and they leave Egypt. And instead of going directly straight to where Israel is, they kind of take a detour, they go down, and they get uh, kind of trapped by the Red Sea because Pharaoh has a change of heart again. And he says, oh my gosh, what did I just do? We've got millions of people working for us and now they're all gone. We need to go get them back. So he gets all of the army of Egypt and he goes and he chases um, the Israelites. Okay, you guys remember the story? Okay, now Israel is caught in between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army and that's where we're picking up this story. As Pharaoh approached, I looked through the word of God. I, I couldn't find that where they said that, actually. As a matter of fact, it says that they were crying out, God, save us, God, save us. And yet, because now all of a sudden a trial comes, they look, they're, they're afraid, they're afraid. Egyptian armies come in. And so uh, things start, when, when we have fear in our life, worry and anxiety, things get twisted in our thinking, yes? Get a little twisted, and here's what they say. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They're afraid, and I totally get that. And so here's the first thing. When we fail to remember, when we fail to reflect back, we forget the powerful things that God has done. And This, this is the Israelites that just saw these plagues take place. We just saw just amazing things happen around them. Some of the plagues would affect the Egyptians and not the Israelites. They saw that, they were there, put yourself there. They saw powerful things take place. But here's what happens, when we don't reflect on that, when we don't remember the things that God does, then we begin to forget the powerful things that he's done in our life. Not to pick on you, but in June you got a promotion a powerful thing, that six months later, how's it going? Uh, You know why? Because work is work, right? We forget what powerful things take place in our lives when we don't take the time to reflect back and go, God, you're so good. Look at what you've done. And here's the Israelites. They become afraid because they forgot. How quickly did they forget? They forgot all these incredible things that took place, powerful things that took place. Because I believe that if they would have taken just a moment of time to remember and reflect, they would have been going, hey, you know what? I know this looks impossible, but uh, do you remember (laughs) not too long ago when this plague just took place? Do you remember when all the firstborn died but not ours? I bet God can get us out of this. I bet he can take us through this. And sure enough, that's what happens. We know the story. The Red Sea splits. They walk through the Red Sea. The Egyptian army chases after them. The waters come crushing down on them. All of them die. If um, you want to look up a cool archaeology find, go on and look up Red Sea and archaeology on on Google or YouTube. There's some really cool archaeology finds in regards to that event that took place, which is pretty cool. Anyways, I don't know why I went off on that. Okay, so here's what happens. They cross the Red Sea. I'm gonna pick up the story. They sing to God for his faithfulness. They're rejoicing with God, and they begin to start moving out towards um, the promised land that God has for them and that God has prepared for them. And um, as they're doing this, um, things, natural things begin to happen, like they begin to hunger and they begin to thirst. And at one point, they even thirst. Um, and and they complain a little bit, and they find this pool of water, but it's very bitter. And Moses throws his staff in it, and that bitter water actually turns into good drinking water, and they all get to drink. This was shortly after actually crossing through the Red Sea. And now this is where we're going to pick up the story. The whole Israel community set out from Elam and came to the Desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt... In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around. You know what? I'm sorry. I I skipped ahead. I'm going to move back. Nope. No, I'm good. (laughs) I got to look back and see where I'm at. Okay. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Okay, so the second thing that I want you to uh, realize and I'm hoping that you'll take home with you is this. If we fail to remember and reflect back on the goodness of God, we forget how it really was. Look at what the Israelites are saying. Man, we were surrounded by pots of food. Yeah, is that really how it was? Yeah, you might have had food to eat, but you had to work all day long. Blood, sweat, tears, hard labor. And you're only remembering the pots of food you got to sit around? And I was reflecting about that, and I think that that happens to us a lot. When we don't take time to look back and remember and reflect accurately on what God has done, we remember the history of ourselves, our lives incorrectly. Have you ever thought, oh, I wish it was back then, but then you go to realize back then wasn't that good? You know, I tell, I tell couples, in premarital counseling, I say, hey, listen, you know, one of the best things that you can do is the two of you can get together and you can actually try to figure out what things are gonna hinder your marriage. You can be proactive about those things because if you're proactive about those things, when they arise and when they surface in your marriage, then you know what to do because you've already talked about it. But if you don't do that, then what's gonna happen is you're gonna react to those things. And how many of you in this room react well? (laughs) I bet you do react well. Most of us don't. You know, the same thing happens with our memory. We tend to forget the things that caused pain. We tend to forget the things that really hurt us. And for some reason, we have a twisted memory, and we, when we go into reaction mode, we think back to only what was good about the situation, and we forget maybe how really bad it was. And my heart for you today is that you would take time to actually reflect back and remember properly. How real was it, really? Because the truth is, God has taken all of us from one place to another place. And maybe it hasn't always been the funnest ride, but here's what I do know man, even in the trials, like I said earlier, God develops that character in us, He de- de- develops the perseverance. Actually, the word says perseverance develops character and character develops hope. And the person that you are today is because of the things that happened in the past. And when you look back at it properly, you can go, man, God, you are good. Because even in that terrible situation, you've shaped me into the person that you are. And you are so good because of that. You're so faithful. And so the second thing is when we fail to remember what happens is we forget how it really was. All right, let me pick up the story then. A chapter later, Exodus 17. Because they had grumbled about being starved to death, the Bible says they actually had quail that night that they got to eat. And then the next morning, they had these little wafers that started to appear. And they literally went out and said, what is it? And that's where we get the name manna. Because manna means, what is it? They didn't even know what it was, but they were hungry, they ate it, and they got their fill. Man, how, how incredible is that? I mean, just put yourself back, think that you're hungry, you're starving, and all of a sudden, oh wow, there's all this food I can eat. Thank God, right? So that has just happened And we pick up the story from right there, and it says Exodus 17, the entire Israelite community left the wilderness of sin, moving from one place to the next according to the Lord's command. They camped at Rephidim, uh, but there was no water for the people to drink. So the people complained to Moses, give us water to drink. Look at Moses' response. Why are you complaining to me? Can you see the frustration in him starting to rise up? Ah! Why are you complaining to me? Why are you testing the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you ever bring us out of Egypt? To kill us, and now look how it gets worse. To kill us and our children and our livestock. I mean, it's just magnifying in their heads. When we don't remember right, we tend to have stinking thinking. to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? In a little while, they will stone me. (laughs) In a little while, they'll stone me. Third thing that happens if we don't remember and reflect correctly is we start to complain. We start to grumble, start to moan. We start to think about our circumstances and we start to whine about them. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many complainers do I have in here? I'm a complainer. And you know the interesting thing is the word of God teaches us that we shouldn't be. The word of God says that if we know the Lord and we understand that he is faithful, that even when circumstances aren't going well, we know that his hand is still involved and he's gonna use it for good. Yes? Church, we are supposed to be a people that no matter how strong and how good things are going or how poorly or how terrible they're going, we're supposed to be people that stay constant. Because the spirit of God in us testifies and speaks to us and says, hey, you know what, it's okay. In that time of trouble, in that time of trial, you know what, you're gonna be all right because God is faithful. God is faithful or in the times where things are good, you don't get too high. You don't go, I mean, you can enjoy that, but you realize, you know what, God is good even right now. It's amazing to me how when something good happens, man, we praise God, but when something bad happens, we blame God. And the truth is, God is good in all the circumstances. But what happens is if we don't remember that, if we don't look back and go, man, God has been so good and so faithful in my life in this area, in this area, in this area, in my past, We forget his faithfulness, and so we start to complain and grumble about where we're at today. Good? You're awfully quiet. I know it's because you're thinking. (laughs) Feeling convicted, the truth comes out. I love it. Church, let's be a people that don't complain about where we're at. But we see the circumstances. We see the situation that we're in. And we realize, okay, you know what, God? you You were good in the past. You're good today. And you're good tomorrow. And so I realize the situation that I'm in right now, I may not like it very much, but you must be trying to shape something in me you must be trying to sharpen something in me. And so God helped me to receive that sharpening. As a matter of fact, the quicker, I believe this, the quicker you believe that and embrace that, I believe the quicker God can do the work in you. Because I think a lot of times when we're complaining, when we're grumbling, we're actually kicking against God. And God's like, no, I wanna use this situation. I don't think God creates those situations. I wanna make sure I'm crystal clear on that. But I think God uses those situations to help us be shaped into the people that he wants us to be. Yeah? Okay, so let me move on from there. Shortly after that, God breaks the Israelites into tribes or into different divisions and tribes and uh, they've got uh, different places to camp. They actually put a temporary tabernacle together uh, and then the word of God actually says that um, that God actually leads the Israelites um, by fire at night and cloud by the day. How cool would that be? That we had a cloud that would just be right there and we could look at, oh God, you're there, okay, good. Or fire at night, oh, you're moving. Okay, I'm going with you. Um, How cool would that be That we visually with our senses, our five senses, we could actually see what God is doing, right? That would be amazing, yes? You know you have God inside you? It's actually even better than that. I don't have time to teach on that, but it's better than that. But here the Israelites, have God now physically being able to be seen. When He moves, they packed up everything and they would move with Him. And we read that that's how it's going to be. And then we pick up in Num- Numbers 11, and it says this The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat, because man is not enough anymore. Right? Isn't that funny how the thing that was so miraculous, so powerful, met the need, made us so happy, all of a sudden now becomes something that we don't desire. That's for whoever has ears to hear right now. If only we had meat to eat. And then this is what they said. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this What is it? Fourth thing that happens when we don't reflect and remember properly what God has done in our our lives is we start to take for granted what we have. Church, please hear me. Every single one of us in this room, and I have no doubt that I can say this, every single one of us in this room is rich. If you make more than $2 a day, actually, I think it might even be $2 a week, you're rich. According to the statistics of the world. Man, we are blessed. We are blessed, church. You have a roof over your head. You have food. You have provision. We are blessed, church. And how quickly do we take what we have for granted? Man, I'm... I'm gonna to just to speak for my own, be transparent. Man, I do this all the time. I take for granted what I have and I forget. I forget to be grateful, I forget to be thankful for just the simple things that I have right now. And when we don't remember on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of Him, man, what begins to happen is we start to take for granted where we're at even right now. Church, let's be a grateful church. Let's be one that is thankful for what we have been given and never take it for granted. The relationships you have, the work you have, the different things you have, never take those things for granted. All right, so we'll keep moving on. They come up to the promised land and um, they're getting ready to actually take it. And so Moses actually says, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to take one member from each tribe, and I'm going to send you into the promised land to spy it out. I want you to report back to us what the land's like? What kind of fruit is there? What kind of people are there? I want you to go in and tell us, man, can we take this land? What are we gonna be getting when we go in and take it? And so the 12 spies go and they spend some time looking over the land and seeing that the fruit is good, but they also see that the armies are big and the people are large, the Bible says. And so they come back and they give a report and 10 of the 12 of the spies actually goes, oh man, these people are huge. Yeah, the fruit is good, but the people are huge, the armies are big, and uh, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do this. They give a very negative report and and they actually uh, don't encourage, they're very discouraging in regards to actually going and taking the land, right? And that's where we pick up here in Numbers 14. And it says, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in... Now, and then they add, or in this wilderness. Now, look at these people. Now, I think we make, we, we make, we read these stories, we look at this, and we go, oh my gosh, those are Israelites. But let me tell you something, church, they is us, and we is them. Okay? If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Man, have they forgotten what God has done? All these different things that we've been talking about. But here's probably the most important point of the message today, and that is this. If you don't take time to remember, if you don't take time to reflect back on the good things that God has done, where he has brought you from, how far you have come, if you don't take time to do that, then you will be afraid of your future. The Israelites were scheduled to go into the promised land right there. They were supposed to go into the place of milk and honey where grapes were this big. I don't know if they were really that big, but it makes it sound like that. And they heard a report from these spies and they forgot all the things that God had taken them through and they were afraid. And so they said corporately, no. Caleb, Joshua, the only two, they said, oh man, look at what God has done. Can you imagine, I, I picture in my head the Caleb and Joshua on the way back from spying, wow, man, those people are big. Did you see the size of their army? And they started thinking to themselves, yeah, but you remember when the Red Sea split open and we all walked through and all the Egyptians died? Man, if God did that for us, I, I bet he could help us to overcome those people right there. I mean, I bet they had the right thinking. They remember what God had done, so therefore they could come with a report, say, hey, no, yeah, they're big people. They've got vast armies, but we can do this because God's behind us. And church, I'm here to tell you, he's got a purpose and he's got a plan for each and every one of us in this room and the things that you've gone through in your life, the things that you've had to face, the trials that you've had to overcome, the good times that you've gone through and enjoyed, all of those things, all of those things God has put together and used to shape you and form you and put you right into the place where he has you today so that you can step out into the promised land he has for you tomorrow. Do you believe that? One of the ways that we can hinder ourselves from being able to step out into that promise is to not remember what God has done in our past. Because then all of a sudden, when God speaks that thing, because that thing that he speaks to you is gonna be bigger than you could imagine. It's gonna be scary. It's gonna be like, hey, go start a church. I don't wanna start a church. Oh, but you're asking me to? You've been so faithful in my past? that I believe that you're gonna be faithful in my future and I'll jump out and I'll do it. Because I believe you've told me to. It opens the door to hearing his voice and then being able to step out in faith into our future that he has for us. Remembering empowers us to believe for our future. that was good. Remembering God's faithfulness empowers us to step out in faith for our future. All right. So what happens is they don't go in the promised land. And God says, okay, not a single person in this generation will get to go. And so 40 years passes. They wander in the desert for 40 years. Even in that, amazing things are happening. The Bible says that their clothes never wear out. I wear a pair of shoes for two times and they start getting holes in them. Anybody, anybody have something that they're wearing today that they had 40 years ago? I don't think so. I know Kim hung onto a shirt from high school for a long time and it had holes all, you know, Man, that in itself is miraculous, (laughs) 40 years. And so we pick up the story, um, they're getting ready, actually, to position themselves to get where they're gonna go into the promised land. Um, It actually says that all of the fighting men from the previous generation have now passed. And it says this in Numbers 21. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. And we detest this miserable food. Now, here's something interesting that I thought of when I was preparing this. Do you realize that the ones that are complaining and saying this are no longer the ones that were actually in Egypt? It's their kids. It's their kids. Their kids are grumbling and wanting to go back to a place where their parents were in slavery. Oh, that's good. Man, if we don't get this, church, if we don't understand this, it affects the generation underneath us and the generation after that and the generation after that. That section of scripture in Deuteronomy where Moses tells the people to remember, he hadn't said this yet. So I'll give them a break, but we've read the word and now you've heard today. We need to reflect back on the good and faithful things that God has done for us. But the problem is, that a lot of times we get impatient. It says that they got impatient. And when we don't remember and we don't reflect properly, what happens is then we get impatient with what God is doing in our lives. Man, I get impatient if God doesn't do something in 40 minutes. And they were in the desert for 40 years. I can imagine them being a little impatient. But church, I'm here to tell you, God has a purpose. He has a plan. He has a great future. And what happens is when we reflect back on the faithfulness of God, it sets up the stage. It sets up the stage for us to understand that he's got that future for us. He's got that purpose. And we can just say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to do whatever you need to do in my life. But when your timing is right, I will wait on your timing. I will wait for you. I will not impatiently go forward. We make a lot of mistakes, don't we? And we see in the Bible people that made mistakes because of the impatience. It's something that is in our human nature. But when we take time to reflect back on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, I believe that helps us to actually have patience in our lives. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I am gonna go positive on you here now. When we remember, when we take time to reflect on the things that God has done for us, here's what happens. We remember the powerful things that God has done for us. We remember how it really was and how far we really have come. Remember, we remember where we were and where we are now and how, wow, it is just it is a better place. It might be difficult right now, but man, is so much better than it was. We remember, when we remember correctly, we stop complaining. And we stop taking for granted where we are and we're thankful and we're grateful for where we're at. When we remember properly, we actually get excited about our future. It might be scary, it might be very nerve wracking, but we're excited because we know that God has us in his hand and he's gonna walk with us, and he's gonna take us, and he's gonna lead us into that place, and he's gonna destroy, and he's gonna defeat the armies that will come to hinder us. He's going to enable us and empower us to step into the things that he has for us. And then we remember, when we remember correctly, when we reflect, what happens is we have the patience for it to happen, and we realize that what's happening today is just developing character for that future that he has for us. So here's how I'll wrap up. As I said in the beginning, what an incredible time of year to actually take time to remember. Church, I don't journal very well, but God convicted me as I was preparing this. How are you gonna remember if you don't write it down? I'd encourage you, write it down. Take time individually, take time as a family and look back at what God has done. Take time to look back at 2018. And even if it was a terrible year, I promise you, if you will take time to reflect, there are things where you can go, God was good in this. I'm still alive, that's a good thing. Maybe you start right there. I'm still alive. I want you to go back more than just a year, though. Go back to 2010. Where were you then and where are you now? I'm willing to bet that you're in a much better place than you were then. Go back to 2000. Where were you then and where you are now? Go back to when you were born. Look at your life. And take time to reflect back and write those things down so that you can remember them. After I taught this last night, I had um, one lady come up and said, oh my gosh, that was an incredible message. And then she goes, my grandma used to have a book that was God's faithfulness. And she goes, and we enjoy reading through that. You know what? It opens the door for you to not only remember for yourself, but it also helps you to tell your children and the children's children. Because when we do that, we open the opportunity for all of these things to be able to take place in not only our lives, but our kids' lives, in our grandkids' lives, and maybe even set up a family pattern where it just goes from generation to generation to generation. Because what the Israelites didn't do in remembering, I believe we can do, and the Holy Spirit inside of us will remind us and help us to do that. Good? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you have been so faithful to us. And God, we thank you for the fact that um, you show us a people that um, they didn't remember. You did the supernatural in their midst, and yet they found themselves complaining, grumbling, taking things for granted, being afraid of their future. God, I pray that every person listening to me right now God, that you would stir something in their heart. Stir it in my heart, God. Help me to be a person that reflects and remembers what you've done for me so that that can catapult me into what you're going to do and what you have for me. God, we come before you and we thank you for the love that you have for us, the unconditional love that you wanna just have every single one of us understand and receive. And so Lord, we come before you and we say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness and help us to never forget the way that you use all circumstances in our lives to shape us into the people that we are. And now God, I pray that as a church, you would do the supernatural. God, you've started something great in the past year and God, we look forward to the new year. And God, I'm so excited about what you're going to do. But here's what I do know. I feel it deep down inside of my spirit. It'll only happen if the people of this church embrace your love and embrace the future that you have for them. Because when we rally together as a church, Lord, you are going to do the supernatural and every single person that makes up this body will be included and will be involved in what you are doing. And God, we are excited about that. And we look forward to that. And so God, in the last two days of 2018, give us clarity of your faithfulness. Help us to remember how good you have been. And we look forward to what you have for us in 2019. pray these things in your name, amen.